Welcome back to That Vacation Go podcast. As you can tell, this time this is Chanel. I am not joined by my co-host, Caleb. This is going to be a solo episode. I guess that was him in the background, maybe. Um, So I am coming to you today with a solo episode on the beautiful state of Colorado. Well, not the whole state, because I didn't visit all of Colorado. That would be insane but also really cool. Specifically, I'm going to be talking today about Winter Park in Fraser, Colorado. So resort ski towns. Uh, Recently, myself and my two little girls, Olive and Fern, we visited this beautiful resort town in the summer. So I'd love to talk to you more a little bit about that today. We're going to talk about some of the attractions and things, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But first of all, let me get into why we were going to Winter Park in the middle of the summer. Um, My family is a bit scattered on my mom's side, and we decided that it had been a while since we'd had a good old-fashioned family reunion. Um, In fact, it had been pre-COVID since the last time that some of us had gotten together. My mom is one of five siblings. And um, we are all a bit scattered. I've got family ranging from where I am out on the East Coast in New York State, um, all across the country, Louisiana, Texas, Colorado, Washington State. And I've got an uncle and aunt who live all the way over in the Philippines, uh, actually spending half of their time in the Philippines and Taiwan. So we are an international family at this point. And it's difficult to get us all together. Hence, we only have family reunions every, probably averaging every five years or so, sometimes even more than that, because it's just difficult to get everyone together. So um, this year, we decided it's going to happen. The Conrad clan, that's um, my mom's maiden name. We were all going to get together again in a post-COVID world. And we decided that the most central location for all those places I just listed was going to be Colorado. So I have an aunt and uncle that live in Colorado, just outside of Denver and Westminster. And they're the ones who really facilitated a lot of this reunion and did a lot of crazy hard work. Um, They put it all together for us and really gave us a beautiful reunion um, that we will have many memories to come from. So um, we decided to base ourselves in Colorado After my aunt did some research, we should hire her on as a travel agent, Um, she decided that Winter Park looked like a great locale for us. This is a winter ski resort town, Um, but there's a lot to be said for visiting these ski resort towns in Colorado in the summer. They're great places to visit, and we had a blast, and it was absolutely beautiful. So getting down to it, I'm going to talk a little bit more about my actual travel on another episode and I think that episode is going to feature some some more travel tips for parents traveling with children. Here and there, we've featured some of those tips as we go through our episodes. We're two, uh, two adults that have two young children. And so we like to give, you know, tips, tricks, hacks as we come across them and as we discover things that work for us. And I think what I'm going to do is do a shorter episode uh, um, another time about some of those things that I discovered traveling by myself with my two little girls. Now, usually Caleb is with me, um, which is a tremendous help. And hands down, I would travel with him with the 
kids whenever possible. But this was just one of those times where it did not work out for Caleb to come. And it was just myself traveling with the girls, traveling with a one-year-old and an eight-year-old. Um, so in another episode, I'll talk more about that. Um, so we got into Denver Airport and spent a night in Westminster, which I didn't get to see a great deal of, but looks like a lovely little town. Um, looks like it would have everything you need. And this is located probably, I would say, about 30 minutes um, sort of west of Denver. Um, it is in the, I think, what's referred to as the sort of the Piedmont area of Colorado. If you know anything about Colorado's topography, the state is sort of divided into two sections. So you've got all of the mountains to the west, the Rockies, beautiful mountainous region to the west. But if you go to the eastern part of the state, where a lot of the large cities are, it's relatively flat. So the state is almost divided, almost in two. uh, And that's where you get the continental divide. If you've heard of that, seen that, um, you can definitely see that clearly on a map if you look at the topography of the state of Colorado. And it's really cool because um, from a lot of places in that area, in that Denver, Westminster area, et cetera, depending on where you are, you've always got a beautiful view of those Rocky Mountains, really the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, as my aunt calls them. Um, these are still pretty big peaks, but they're not your huge 12, 13, 14,000 foot peaks. We're talking more in the range of four to 6,000 foot peaks, but still beautiful nonetheless. And a lot of these you can also see from the airport. Caleb and I have flown through the Denver airport uh, before as a layover and um, you can... um, you can see those peaks from the airport. It's really beautiful. So um, we spent only about a day the first night in Westminster. So I went on a little evening walk through my aunt's neighborhood, beautiful little neighborhood. And then the next day we got started on our trip. We started the drive over to Winter Park, which was a, a good hour and a half or so from where my aunt lives in Westminster. We did make some stops to the Costco gotta do it, to pick up some supplies. Now, we had about 19 people gathering for this reunion. This was, you know, this was my mom's sort of immediate family. This is, you know, her siblings and their children. That's what it really amounted to. Um, So all of us said 19 in total, several generations there. And my aunt, like I said, did the work to find a place large enough to accommodate us. She found a house in Winter Park, And um, it was with the uh, Winter Park Lodging Company, which seems to be a fairly large rental company in the Winter Park area. If if after this episode you decide I would love to stay in a Colorado ski resort, whether it be winter, summer, fall, you can look us up and we can help you out with that. Um, so this is what she found. It was great for accommodating us all. We had that thing filled up to the brim. Um, it housed 18 people. Fern was number 19, but she came with her own pack and play because she's still really too small to need her own bed. Um, we traveled with a pack and play that my aunt was able to secure from a friend. Um, and if you are a parent of small children, you know that pack and plays are 
are just extremely valuable little piece of uh, travel gear that you need with a baby. So um, we did stop at Costco, which I would recommend before you get into these small mountain towns, these um, resort towns, if you can do any shopping in the larger cities or suburban areas before you get there, do so. Because once you get into a resort town, you are in a little bit of a fishbowl, and they do know that. Um, so prices do tend to be a little higher. Be prepared if you're visiting Colorado. Perhaps you're from a state that doesn't do this, but be prepared if you go grocery shopping to either bring your own reusable bags or be prepared to pay for grocery bags up to 20, 25 cents per bag. That's a shocker sometimes for people, but if you're traveling to a state like Colorado or New York, some states do that. They don't have plastic bags at all or you have to pay for plastic bags. So if that's something that's going to shock you just a little bit, be prepared and come with your own reusable bags. Um, so we did hit Costco, got some things that got whatever we could get there. Um, obviously, there are some things that we didn't want to buy in bulk too much because we were only going to be gone for just shy of a week. And we didn't need to buy uh, massive amounts of some things. So we did stop at the Safeway in Winter Park. But as we said, it could get a little bit more pricey. Um, so Colorado is known as the Centennial State, if you didn't know that. Uh, founded in or joined the Union, I guess you could say, in 1876. And it's the Centennial State because, of course, that's the 100th birthday of our nation. So I thought that was a cool little factoid that I learned when doing just a tiny bit of research on Colorado. As a side note, as a parent, I like to, before we go to a new state or a new place, I like to go with Olive to the library and her cute little library has loads of books on all sorts of different things, including all the states in our country. So usually anytime we go to a new state, like just like when we just did here with Colorado, I go and check out a book on Colorado for her and we read over some things. We learn about what are the native um, plants, what are the native birds and animals, what are the what's the state bird, what's the state flower? Um, Columbine, in case you didn't know. And so we look up those things, we look up you know, interesting facts and, and things like that. So she can learn a little bit. And so I can learn a bit, a little bit about the place that we go. And that's where I learned that Colorado is the centennial state. So maybe there's a little tip for you. If you're traveling to new places with young children, it's good to do a little research with them before so they can know and understand the place that they're about to go visit. That's just something that you might want to consider. So, um, again, we stayed at a, at a, uh, a home rental with the Winter Lodging Company. It was in the Lakota Reserve neighborhood, beautiful area. But I will say there was some construction going on. So this is a new area that was newly being constructed. In fact, we saw lots of new construction in Winter Park. So that's something to be mindful. This looks like a booming little resort town. I could imagine in the winter, it is probably packed out. Um, while we were there in the summer, crowds were low. Uh, traffic was not bad. Getting around the town was not difficult. The resort itself was not overly crowded. So if you've ever wondered what's a unique summer vacation spot, consider a winter resort town in Colorado. Crowds are low. This is not the beach, but 
you're going to be in a beautiful mountain town. Um, weather is really gorgeous that time of year in the Rocky Mountains. Highs in the summertime are maybe in the 70s. Lows at night can dip down into the 50s, even the 40s, really cooling things off and making it really nice. I will say, though, don't let it fool you. That mountain sun is no joke. Bring sunscreen and be prepared for um, just intense summer sun, even if the high is only going to be 70 to 75 degrees, you definitely want to have sunscreen, sun protection, um, maybe long sleeves, hat, all those things that you might want. And if you're going to be out early in the morning or late in the evening, be prepared for cooler weather. Um, as the sunset, it gets cool very quickly. So have a light sweater available. Um, I know for us, we did pack some heavier jackets. We really did not need them because we didn't do activities too far past sunset or too early in the morning. But if that's you, do consider it. So the weather was absolutely beautiful. So this is why this is an amazing place to think of for summer vacation, I will say. Something that we experienced that this kind of is the rainy season uh, for the Rockies. And that being said, rainy is relative. We're not talking torrential downpours, but every afternoon there was a definite rain shower that came through and that can happen quickly in the mountains. Um, Little thunderstorms, lightning storms, um, those do come through. So be prepared for that type of weather. It's usually quickly passing but it can interrupt your activities. Um, So with that being said, I'm actually going to mention one of the main things that we did when we were in Winter Park was visit the resort, the Winter Park Resort itself. And in the summer, um, the things that it has to provide are very fun. There is a 3,000-foot alpine slide, and I think it boasts itself as the longest alpine slide Um, in the state, if not, maybe the country. I'd have to look that factoid up again, but it's a rather long alpine slide. And this is a winding slide that you ride on like a little uh, sled that you can sort of steer. You can sort of speed it up or slow it down. It's got a brake there that you can uh, apply to slow yourself down if you need to. Um, And a lot of our group did this ride. We went to the resort. Several in our group, my daughter included, purchased a day pass to be able to do all the activities there unlimited for the day from like 10 o'clock in the morning to five o'clock in the evening. Um, it was a, in roughly six, about $64 per person. There was a little bit of a break if you were young, a young child or a senior. Um, also if you purchased the pass two days in advance online, you got like a $10 discount. We didn't know about that, so we did have to pay the full price, the full walk-up price for the pass. Um, It is a little steep, in my opinion, for a day, but um, unlimited activities, and the lines are very reasonable because you're there in the summer, and this is not peak season. So our crew had access to this alpine slide, which they thought was a blast. You take a basically a ski lift up and then you ride down on the sled in this sort of bobsled fashion. It's not an actual bobsled, but it reminds me of a bobsled track that sort of winds down the mountain and you can control sort of how fast or slow you want to go. They have a beginner course and an, an, an advanced course. And from what my crew told me, they're actually the same. They just let the younger children and those who want to go slower, they let them on the 
on the beginner course and they let the older kids and those who want to go faster, they let those on the advanced course. So you're going to see the same things. You're really going to experience the same ride. It's just whether or not you want to go really fast or you want to go slow. I would say be careful. Several in our crew fell off of their sled and got some pretty serious brush burn. My daughter did not because the first time she rode with an adult, she rode with my cousin. Thank you, Shelly. And um, they went at a good pace and they didn't fall off their cart. But some of the teenage boys in my group got a little wild and did get some, I mean, some pretty bad brush burn. So do be careful with that. Um, so I didn't pay for the all-day pass, but I was able to go and observe. Um, they had some various um, like tent areas that were shaded, again, from that extreme mountain sun. You could sit in the shade. You could watch your kid do these activities um, from a comfortable setting. Um, so they did the Alpine slide. My daughter did a ropes course that's available there for the kids. Um, she had a lot of fun with that ropes course. It does look fairly simple. It said from ages like four to 13, but it's probably really going to suit the younger kids. I'd say 12, we had a 12 year old in our group and she kind of looked at it and said, nah, doesn't quite look like it would be fun for me. It looks a little bit younger, but Olive, who's eight years old going on nine, thought it was a blast. And she had a lot of fun with that ropes course. There is a rock climbing wall, which our group did not end up doing for time's sake, um, because they were really all about that Alpine slide. Uh, we also did the gondola ride. So that's like an, almost like a ski lift, but enclosed and moves a little bit faster and went a little bit further, really all the way up the mountain that we were next to. So that gondola ride goes up 10,700 feet, which is pretty close to the Timberline. So I bought a pass just to do the gondola with Fern, and the rest of our crew had the all-day pass for everything. And we rode this together, so we were able to get nine people, I believe it was about nine of us, in the one gondola beautiful views. We're able to see, you know, basically almost 360 degrees around from an enclosed gondola. So we felt, you know, felt safe. If you, if heights is not your thing, it still might not be great for you, but it might be better than a ski lift for you because you do feel enclosed. Um, it's a large gondola that you feel pretty, you know, you feel, I, I felt fine in it, but heights aren't necessarily an issue for me. So you do go up 10,700 feet when you get to the top of that mountain. You kind of feel it, you know, walking uphill on top of that mountain in that altitude. It'll get you quick. So take your time. Don't get in a rush, especially if maybe it's your first day or so there at the resort town. You got to take it slow. Um, Altitude sickness is a real thing. And um, while I may not have lots of tips and pointers on how to combat that or how to handle that, the best things I see and the best things that I practice were to just slow down, take some slow, deep breaths, drink lots of water. You want to stay very hydrated. For the, for the issue of the sun, but also the altitude, and just slow yourself down and be easy with yourself. Um, it didn't seem to be a problem for my girls. Olive still ran around and did all the things that she did, and she is a child with asthma, so I was so, a little bit worried about that going into it, but it did not seem to affect her asthma at all. And in fact, that fresh mountain air was great for her allergies. She did not have any allergy issues when we were in Winter Park 
none to speak of whatsoever. So that was really great that I didn't have to worry too much about her allergies. The air up there was beautiful, smelled so fresh and clean. Um, Like I said, the weather was great. We had those afternoon showers, afternoon thunderstorms, which were actually really quite beautiful to watch up there in the mountains. You could see them often off in the distance. You could see rain showers moving over the valley and over the mountain peaks. And it made for some really beautiful pictures and really, again, great memories. So while we were at the resort there, like I said, we had those day passes. Um, Toward the end of the afternoon, they did have to suspend the activities, at least the mountain activities, um, because of lightning strikes in the distance. And they will do that for your safety. So that's something to be aware of too. But because they had that and because it went for a, a, a prolonged amount of time. So basically they check every 30 minutes and it's got to be 30 minutes of no lightning free before they'll restart things again for the safety of everyone. And because the lightning storm lasted a little longer, we were able to go in and get a rain check. So we were able to surrender our passes and get, um, get a rain check pass that we could come back for any day Um, I think it was good for the entire season. Of course, we were only there for a few more days, but we went and got our rain passes, and a couple of days later, we were able to go use them. Now, they did tell us there's no rain check on a rain check, so once you go in and surrender your rain check and use your pass, if, unfortunately, the park were to have to close again due to weather, you would not be able to get another. But things worked out for us. The weather was just fine and dandy, and the crew was able to ride that alpine slide again, and Fern and I went on a nice little gondola ride again. We went to the top of the peak there. There was a restaurant at the top, so you could get out, use the restroom, get some water, take lots of pictures all the way around. You could even, as I understand it now, you could do some hiking from that point, so you could hike down the mountain. Um, There was loads of mountain biking. There were... um, Guys and gals everywhere, all geared up for mountain biking. They would put their entire bike in one of those gondolas, so that shows you how large they are. They could fit an entire large mountain bike in there, and uh, they would ride to the top and coast their way down, I guess. Um, I did not get to do that, as I had Fern with me, and of course, I could not mountain bike down with a one-year-old strapped to me. So, um, But it was cool watching them. They looked like they had a lot of fun, and if that's your thing, that looks like a great place to do it. So as far as that goes, that was one of the main activities that we did all as a group. Um, some of our group did go on a whitewater rafting excursion, Um, I did not do that again. I had Fern with me, and it's probably frowned upon to bring a one-year-old in a whitewater raft, so we did not do that. That day, some of our group separated and did some shopping in town and and went for some souvenirs and exploring the town and that sort of thing, which was a lot of fun. But that was there. Um, Our group that went to the whitewater rafting excursion they did um, some pretty mild rapids, so I'm, I'm guessing class one. They said children as young as four could do this. So pretty simple, but I believe while they were there, um, their guide told them all sorts of really cool things about the area and even led them to a place where they could do a little bit of cliff diving. I think they said there was a 25-foot drop, and some of the older kids and adults in the group 
um, did a little cliff dive. So that sounded like a lot of fun. Also in the area, nobody in our group availed themselves of this, but you could do a fly fishing lesson, which sounds super cool. Um, one of the teenage boys in our group almost did this because he's really into fishing and thought it would be a good experience. But at the end of the day for timing and cost reasons, they decided against that. But that's something that you could do if you are an outdoorsman or outdoorswoman and you love to fish, try fly fishing in the Rocky Mountains. I mean, come on, that sounds amazing. So um, those were just some of the things that you could do. Um, Now in our group, we did have some who were um, a little bit mobility impaired. So we had some in our group that couldn't do a lot of strenuous hiking. Myself being included in that, I include myself in that group again because I had Fern with me and often had to wear her, you know, in a baby harness. And up in the high altitude with an additional 25 pounds strapped to you and you're not used to that, um, I knew I wasn't going to be doing any very strenuous hiking. And because we had another person in our group that um, has some mobility issues, we went for an accessible hike. We did find a hiking trail near us about a half mile from where we were staying. I believe it was called the Fraser Trail. And we were able to do um, what was said to be a mile and a half uh, round trip hike um, on relatively flat, smooth surface with a slow, uh, with a little bit of a grade. I'm not sure what the percentage was, but there was a little bit of an uphill with it. So that did make it a little strenuous for the person who was pushing the wheelchair for for my uh, relative that needed the wheelchair. And so, but that was a beautiful hike. We went over a creek, saw some beautiful uh, wildlife and things like that. My mom, being the cute little lady that she is, she was like, I hope we see a moose because <laughs> we saw that at the trailhead sign. And uh, I said, I hope we don't because they're not five foot tall and cute. They're like 11 foot tall and scary and will run you over. (laughs) But my mom, being from South Louisiana, did not know that. The only moose that she's ever seen is like a stuffed animal. And so it was really cute. She's like, I hope we see a moose. And I said, nope, I hope we don't. (laughs) And we didn't, just in case you were wondering, we didn't see any moose. So we're alive to tell the tale. Um, But that was a nice little easy hike. Just a fun little excursion to get out and see. There is, of course, loads more hiking. There were miles of hiking trails, you know, and you can get as strenuous as you want to get. So that was just something that we... So there are accessible things to do um, in those mountain town resorts. There are trails that are accessible. Um, you know, a gondola ride or something like that could could be... Um, a fun solution for those who are struggling to get around a little bit more. Um, the couple in my group that did that was um, mobility impaired, they also went to another park that some of us did not go to called Confluence Park. And they love to take pictures, so they took lots of pictures there. Um, there's a beautiful creek there, and they really enjoyed themselves, and they said it was an easy, flat walk that they were able to do easily. So um, there are things to do if mobility is an issue for you. So uh, one of the shopping centers that we visited was called Cooper Creek Square. That was a lovely little shopping center with um, several souvenir shops. If that's your thing when you travel and you like to get a t-shirt or a hat or, you know, all the souvenir gear, there was loads of that at 
what I thought were fairly reasonable prices, honestly, for souvenirs. Um, so that was fun. There was a brewery there. Uh, there are restaurants there. It looks like a fun place to be at night. Lots of lights, even a play area for the kids with a small rock wall and climbing features. And uh, that was a beautiful little shopping area that we visited. We also had breakfast one morning at Carver's bre- um, Breakfast and Burgers. That was a nice stop, beautiful outdoor patio area to eat. To me, the prices were a little bit much for the amount of food you got. The portions were actually fairly small. But again, being in a resort town, they know you're sort of in a fishbowl. They know that you don't have a lot of options. So just be prepared to pay those resort town prices. But other than that, it was lovely. We also stopped at another shop called Trailhead, which had a coffee shop in it called The Perk. That looked really cool. If you need some gear that you forgot to bring, definitely a spot that you could go. Again, a little pricey. But um, most gear, you know, uh, winter gear, hiking gear, all of those things, it does tend to be a little bit pricier. Thankfully, I think that hiking is a great budget-friendly Uh, trip thing that you can do. Honestly, unless if you're just going really strenuous or really far on an all-day hike, you can do hiking at almost no cost, right? It doesn't, you don't have to pay to walk, generally. Um, Obviously, if you're going to be gone a long time, you might want some gear, you might want some snacks, you definitely want hydration. That's something that we kept with us at all times because it helps with that altitude and also that intense mountain sun. I can tell you I definitely felt some of the beginning effects of dehydration regularly. So I made sure that I had a canteen on us at all times um, because it's easy to get parched up there. The air is very dry. So that's another thing. You want your SPF, you want your chapstick, you want your lotion um, because the mountain air is very dry, but it's also very fresh and beautiful. So take advantage. Um, just something I enjoyed from the trip personally. I had to get up early every morning because I've got early risers in my family, Fern and Olive. If it wasn't Fern, it was Olive. One or the other one was waking me up at a quarter to five almost every day. So I got up before the sun, but that meant that the house was quiet. I would go downstairs, turn the fireplace on, and just watch the sunrise with Fern cuddled up next to me. Um, it was really beautiful. I am a little bit of an amateur birder. I am just learning about birding a little bit. And because I know almost nothing, I took my Merlin birding app out. That's a free app that you can get through Cornell University. And I'd go out on the balcony with Fern in the morning, turn my app on, and it has the ability to listen to the birds in your area and tell you what you're hearing and help you locate and find birds. You can identify birds with that app either via via sight or sound. So if you see a bird and you're able to um, specify some of the colorings and the markers that you see on the bird and where you're where you're watching the bird, the Merlin app can help you find out what it is that you're looking at. And I love the sound feature. I turn the sound feature on and it listens to the birds in my area and tells me what it is that I'm listening to. And I really love that. So I really enjoyed using it in Colorado and seeing some different birds that I don't normally see in my sort of East Coast, Western New York um, area. I got to see some beautiful hummingbirds. 
um, that are a little different and some swallows and other things that I really enjoyed. One thing I enjoyed watching was the hummingbirds. I was surprised to see how many hummingbirds there were. And they enjoyed these little green mountain flowers um, because I normally think of hummingbirds going for red, bright, vibrant flowers, and there aren't a lot of those in in the mountains. So they found these um, Western paintbrushes that were green, green flowers. And that was really cool to watch those birds in their natural habitat. Um, I really enjoyed that. My cousins did pick on me for my birding app. (laughs) I told my one cousin, hey, I've got this really cool birding app. And she's like, those are two things that are in direct opposition to each other. Cool and birding. I said, I don't care what you think. I enjoy it. So um, it was all in good fun. My cousins like to rib me a little bit because I'm a little different, I guess. And so, um, but that was just, that was one thing that was really enjoyable for me to go outside early in the morning, wrapped up in a blanket or with my sweater on and do that. One other thing I will say to be mindful as you're traveling to these resort towns um, in Colorado, um, where you're staying may not have air conditioning. Uh, and that was certainly the case for where we were. And this is one of the last things I'll say just as a tip for you, and then I'll wrap it up. But um, because you're up there in the mountains, obviously your your place is probably going to have heat, at least I would hope so, um, because winter obviously is going to be pretty chilly there. But in the summer, the temperatures are so mild that a lot of homes and rentals, et cetera, and I think even hotels may not have air conditioning. Um, but that was really an easy fix for most of us. For most of us in the group, that was not a problem. Uh, the mountain air was so fresh and lovely that we were able to just open the windows easily, let that fresh breeze come in. And the house stayed at a relatively comfortable temperature, especially at night. We kept the windows cracked or open to let that fresh, cool breeze come in at night. And it really cooled the house down at night. And in the morning, uh, the main living area of the house we were in was pretty chilly. So I was able to turn the fireplace on and get warm and cozy, which that was a lot of, that was just fun for me. That's I'm a simple girl. That's all I need. Put me in front of a fireplace with a beautiful mountain view and I'm a happy camper. So um, that was what I did most mornings. And that was probably one of the most enjoyable things for me about that trip was being one of the first ones up in the house, watching the sunrise, listening to the birds and being cozy by the fire. That is just my idea of a beautiful mountain vacation. So that being said, if that sounds like a good idea to you and you would like to know more about Winter Park or another mountain resort in Colorado, we can help you do that. We like to learn as we go too. Sometimes when we're asked about a new location, sometimes it's new for us and we learn right along with our client. So we're happy to help you do some research, find the best place for you and make that booking. So if Winter Park sounds like a great summer vacation for you, look us up. We would love to help you out with that or any of your other travel. It's a great way to support our podcast and a great way to support our small business. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Stay tuned for more. I'm going to have an episode on some tips, travel tips with children, uh, traveling solo with children. I'm going to do an episode on that. And stay tuned for more of our bucket list episodes coming up in the future. Thank you again for listening. We are That Vacation Company, serving you the most delightful destinations.